Welcome to a learntolearn.org podcast. We are here to support your learning, taking off the limits that we have accrued to our learning and adding in those ingredients that we've learned from world-class learners that have made them the best so that we can each update our own programming and become the best learners that we can be. We're really glad that you're here to share some time with us. We hope that this brings you exactly what you need today to better engage in your life and your learning. Let's start with the basics. What is it that we have created this podcast for? What is it that our team has come together to do? And what are our basic assumptions? What is our motivation? I would say we have to start with we really believe in human beings and the potential for human beings. Human beings have the capacity to be amazing. Now, often we fall short of that, but that potential is there. And that's what we want to support and develop. And we want to understand why do we fall short of that and how do we overcome that? So let's begin with that part about human beings being amazing. We think about some of the people that have accomplished so much, brought so much to this world. And when we think about them, we all tend to stand in awe. We tend to think of them as something special and beyond us. And it may be true that they've gone beyond where we are right now. But we choose here to adapt that perspective that if somebody can, maybe we all can. You know, I think back to all the years when the four-minute mile was seemingly impossible. And then when that was finally broken, other people began to break through. Now, that's not to say that, okay, we can all run a four-minute mile, but we can all go much further than where we have. We can learn from each other. We can come to understand how was it that those people that we admire, how did they do what they did? Is that transferable in some way? Here at Learn to Learn, we would maintain that, yes, it is, and that the limits that we have are, in a sense, just programming. And the capacity that we need is if you will, better programming. Now, some people will respond and go, well, we're, we're not just computers. We're so much more. And of course we would agree. But let us explore that perspective from that metaphor as though we were all supercomputers capable of amazing things. But if we took a, a supercomputer and we put in a junky program, what kind of results are we going to get? Certainly not what that supercomputer is capable of. It's going to be limited by the program that has been installed, by the program that's running. So many of us have either received bad programs, ones that tell us that we can't or that we're stupid or that we're somehow greatly limited, or we just received faulty programming in trying to get to what it is that we're trying to do. Now, let's go with this metaphor a little further in a practical way. 
Let's take something as seemingly simple as spelling. There are those of us that are very good spellers. And there are those of us that uh, don't think of ourselves that way and (laughs) certainly haven't been able to demonstrate that. At one time, I was one of those poor spellers. There were so many things I could do really well, but spelling wasn't on that list. So when we began exploring, what's the difference between somebody that's a very good speller and somebody who's not? It turned out that much of that difference had to do with how they went about the internal process of spelling. And to break it down very simply, and in some podcasts we may go much further with this, but those of us that were poor spellers were trying to sound it out. We were trying to take that word and go for what are the component pieces of that and then put letters down to try and match that. Well, the English language is full of pitfalls for that kind of approach. People that are very good spellers tend to do it visually. When they learn a word, they have a picture of it. They see how the word is spelled correctly, and they file that picture. And anytime they want to spell that word, they reference back to that picture. And they go, well, does this picture, how I'm spelling it, look right? And that tends to lead to much better outcomes. It's a simple program, a simple strategy, but it makes a huge difference. So to use myself as an example, when I learned that there was a better way to spell and I could give up on my uh, justification that I was just a very creative speller and uh, try and learn to spell in a way that others could make sense of, I practiced this new approach of making pictures of words and referencing back to those pictures to see that I was spelling it on paper the same way that I had learned to picture it, my spelling greatly improved. All right, now this is just spelling. This is simple, but it illustrates quite well this whole topic of human beings being, oh, programmable you know, that we are um, responding to the the strategy, the program, the approach that we learn. And sometimes, again, that approach was very good, and sometimes it was very limited. Now, this applies well beyond learning school subjects. Some people have learned the secret of being happy, and some haven't. In the most simple way, people that have learned to be happy are very good at looking around in their experience and finding those components of their experience that give them a positive outlook on their life. People that are unhappy, and again, we're very much simplifying here, but we're trying to illustrate illustrate the process. The people that are unhappy tend to look around and go, well, what's wrong? What's the matter? What's not working? Too often, what does it tell me about me that it's not working? Well, those are approaches that have been learned. Sometimes they've been learned by um, watching our parents and imitating them or our teachers or our friends, or sometimes we just stumbled on it on our own, both 
the programming that works, the conditioning that works, and sometimes we stumbled on the ones that didn't. And it got us through, and we continue to use it. So let's say we ended up with a program that didn't work very well, and then we tacked on that sort of this overview of, well, I'm not very good at that area. You know, I just don't do well with math or science or social interaction or whatever it is. And somebody else gets a better program and they go, well, yeah, that's me. I'm very good. I can do that. But the underlying uh, justification for the conclusion is the programming that they stumbled into. So what are we doing here at Learn to Learn about this? We've tried to identify and understand those underlying differences in how our our conditioning uh, went, what those programs are. And then we've tried to understand how can we change those. So let us say right off, we're not trying to do mental health here. We're not approaching this psychologically. We're not trying to approach this medically. We're simply trying to understand, if you will, how to change the programs in our biocomputer, if you will, and how to do that in a way that is simple and understandable that all of us can utilize. All of us can upgrade the, the programming that we have, that we can improve our capacity in any area applied to learning and become better learners and become better at executing those areas that we're interested in. If we want to be a better speller, that there's a way to do that. If we want to be better at chemistry, that there's a way to do that. If we want to even be better at being happy, there are ways to do that that don't require us to spend years in therapy, as valuable as that can be. That's a different approach um, and has different outcomes. So we're trying to understand how, what are those things that we wish, that we hope were taught in schools, the basic approaches to learning and understand how to if you will, install those in our own brain. That's what we're up to here. Now, again, we're simplifying just for clarity. Let me give a simple example. There was a fellow that um, had decided that he was going to go to med school, that that was his calling, but he had not done his organic chemistry, and he had to go back and pick up that class. Everything else he had done, he had done extremely well, very smart guy, very good at school. And he was doing an intensive organic chemistry class. If I recall right, he told me three hours every morning in the classroom, three hours every afternoon in the lab, and then he was spending several hours every night pouring over the material, trying to 
learn all of his formulas and interactions. And at the end of the first week, they were given a pop quiz. And with all that study, he'd gotten a C, which in his case freaked him out because he had to do better for med school and he had always done better. He wasn't sure what to do. So he sat down with someone who had a good understanding of chemistry, but also for whom it had been very easy. And they talked about their approaches. His was to memorize everything in the books, write it out again and again, and try and just power through and commit to memory every one of those formulas that he could uh, see in his textbook, could write out on paper. The person that was much more, we would say, gifted at chemistry said to him, well, that's not at all how I do it. He said, when I do it, I imagine like those chemicals are like a jungle gym and they're coated and they're great big and I can walk around in them and I can see how they fit together and, you know, different atoms have different colors. I think he had said, you know, oxygen was blue and hydrogen was red or something and on and on. And, and all of them were notched in ways that he could see how they fit together and all that. And it was very fun and playful, but also was more than just memorizing rotely something. It was actually experiencing it. And the fellow that was taking the organic chemistry class said that it was like a revelation. It completely changed how he approached this. From that point on, it took him about an hour a day to review what he'd had in class, all the time exploring it in this new way. Of course, he aced the class. Organic chemistry became fun and simple for him. So again, what are we trying to get at here? Well, this is a very easy illustration. Everything that we're going to do here is not going to be this simple, this easy, of course. There is complexity to learning, but we're going to try and break it down into the component parts so that we can understand it in a way that makes it easier to internalize, makes it more available for you. Now, you're going to have to be somewhat patient because to break it down into the component parts is going to take a while. And some of the components, you're going to go, well, I already know that. I already have that. And maybe you do in the very best way, maybe in ways better than what we've found. But we have to cover all of those so that we're all in the same place with that, so that we all have that common understanding, so we all have that same language. So be patient, be persistent, be curious, and we will explore and develop these capacities to learn and take it as far as one can. I also want to mention there's this whole idea about, well, we're born with a certain level of intelligence and that's all we have. I've heard that a lot. And I find that very interesting, you know, because we look around the world and we certainly see people that seem to have certain innate talents 
And there are different ways to explain those. Some of that just, you know, the early conditioning around that topic went well, gave them the basic underlying structures to approach that. But sometimes people started out really lacking capacity in areas, but they were determined to get good at it. And they applied themselves again and again over time and sometimes became some of the best at what they determined to get good at. At some point in our podcast, we will explore some of the work that has been done on increasing intelligence, increasing IQ. Again, many people say, can't be done, it's fixed. But there are good studies that have been done on some of these approaches that really work to develop much stronger connections between various areas of the brain. And when that is done, and people are measured pre and post, before and after, we find often significant increases in measured IQ. This is very possible. Again, what does this tell us about who we are and what we're capable of? We would say once again, we believe we are capable of amazing things, far beyond what we have limited ourselves to. We want to take those limits off. We want to systematically, practically engage ways, processes for bringing out that capacity. We know ways to do this. We don't know all the ways. There's so much yet to learn. But let's join together and utilize what we have discovered, what we do know. What we're doing here at Learn to Learn is because we want to do our best to make a difference. We're not charging anything. We're not looking for donations. We're not looking for anything from you other than if this is of interest to genuinely make use of it, to sincerely apply yourself, to take what we've put forward and see where you can get with it. And if it works for you, if it's of interest to you, share it with others. We do appreciate your help. Again, most importantly, make use of it. See if these approaches, perspectives, techniques can work for you. If they can enhance your capacity to learn, to be more successful in whatever way that has meaning to you in your life. Again, thank you for joining us here. It is your success in this that makes it all worthwhile for all of us. Thank you for listening. Our purpose is supporting your capacity to learn and to attain all that you can imagine. We hope you use the perspectives and exercises that we have shared. Feel free to send us questions, ideas, experiences that might benefit our listeners via learntolearn.org, learn.org. Finally, 
please help others by sharing our link with your friends, family, and other loved ones, since how you learn is how you live.